What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 14 of Back to the Field. It's our second to last episode of the NFL season, so we're going to be breaking down the NFL divisional games before the playoffs. Uh, We got some great matchups. Eric and I are going to give you our predictions and kind of who we want to see matched up in the Super Bowl. We're also going to touch up on LSU's insane victory and Quite a very impressive season for Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers, kind of forecasting to what to look forward to in the upcoming NFL draft, how Joe Burrow is going to stand up in Cincinnati. And then just to top it all off, we're going to give you guys just a breakdown of the 2010s, um, new decade. So kind of going back, recapping the decade, who we thought the player of the decade was or how we're going to remember it, best sports moments, things like that. It's a bit of a different episode as Eric and I aren't indulging in our normal vices of alcoholic beverages, but that doesn't mean you can't. So sit back, relax, crack open that beer, and as always, listen responsible. Let's get it. get this shit going uh been a while dude since we last uh since we last recorded um i think it was definitely before the before the new year and uh a lot has happened in in not only football news wise but outcomes of games and um championship games from the from the college side um so maybe we'll just start with that right just because it's it's one game to cover um lsu I don't want to say handedly beat Clemson, but you know, it was, it was a couple touchdown spread. Um, what what'd you think, man? Do you, you think Joe Burrow's the real deal or, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Yeah. He's like one year. If you look at his tape from last year and or, or stats, I mean, just, they were just pedestrian. It wasn't great, but I mean, he is surrounded with a lot of talent. I mean, their top three receivers all could probably, if they could declare some can't yet, uh, we yeah. are probably going to play in the you know, NFL, but I don't say I don't think they handily beat them. Obviously, they they kind of put some space in between later in the game. I mean, you watching that game, that one offensive pass interference against Clemson was horrific. That's not that was oh yeah, like it was like right before the half too. No, no, it was like right in the third quarter. It was right after, I believe, because they were down uh, seventeen at the time. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you mean. Yep, fifty yard pass, and yeah, he kind of tugged at him, but. And that kind of spot in the game, that's just that was just not, and that could have, that could have changed it. That would have brought them. Um, actually, might, but they only might have been only down like ten points. I'm not sure, but that just changed the whole momentum. Where you know they should have scored, closed the gap, and who knows what goes after that? Because of course, you know, with any play, you can change the uh, uh, direction of the game. Um, so, but I, I think you know LSU is the better team. The better team won. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, you look at their schedule and who they beat, you know, the, the either final top 10, they beat seven, uh, out of the 10 top teams. Yeah. I think they said of the preseason rankings that they had, they beat the top four teams like successively, like Alabama, OSU and Clemson were all ranked higher than them. Yeah. And if you look at all the teams, I also saw another thing where it's like, you look at the teams that they beat, um, and how they finished the year. 
like you had a, like one team won the Orange Bowl, another team won like you know Gator Bowl, another team won the Fiesta Bowl, and the other team, you know, all these top tier bowls that you know, these teams won, they beat them all. I mean, so uh, Clemson, you know, again, it could have been closer, but I, I truly think you know the right team won, not the right team, but the best team won. I mean, they're just not that Clemson's not doesn't have the talent like LSU does. I mean, they'll, they'll be fine. They're going to reload and they'll have Trevor Lawrence back for his last year. And, you know, they'll probably be in the playoffs again yeah. too. But this is, now, this is LSU's year. Yeah. And I think maybe just the last point to maybe touch up on. So obviously, unless hell freezes over, Joe Burrow's going number one to Cincinnati. Do you think it's a, a doomed situation for him over there? Or... um or do you think that there could be some like random team that kind of unloads the house to kind of pick them up? I did hear rumblings that um, there there is a scenario that Cincinnati would accept from Carolina uh, for them to take the the number one overall pick. But I mean, re- regardless, but like assuming he goes to Cincinnati, you think it's a a doomed scenario for Joe Burrow? Or uh, I don't know. I mean. Maybe AJ Green doesn't want to be traded away. Maybe he stays, and so that'll be a nice weapon to have. But I mean, they were they, before this last couple of years of them skidding. Um, they're always a playoff team, or at least like almost every other year they they're in the playoffs. No, it's the wild card, and they'd always lose in the first round. That was kind of like synonymous with any Marvin Lewis coach team. You know, just good enough to make the playoffs, lose in the first round. Always kind of stuck in that middle to late round draft pick where you can never really pick up any, you know, studs that are at the top of the draft board. Um, but, you know, they're, they're at number one for a reason. Uh, they really, you know, outside of AJ green, who's on the wrong side of 30 um, Joe Mixon's pretty much their only, you know, and you have Dre Fitzpatrick on the defensive side, but they don't have really much talent around them. So, and obviously yeah. they're going to try doing that through the draft and I'm sure they'll try to sign some free agencies, but um I think it's just, it's a good fit. He was born in Ohio, you know, went to Ohio state originally. Um, and so just coming back home. So we'll, we'll see. You never know. Um, you know, it's, sometimes it is, you know, have to be on the right team to have a good fit. I mean, just look at uh, Tannehill. I mean, he was a, a you know, yeah. dump dive uh, of a quarterback in Miami, nothing special. And, you know, not that he's lighting it up and not that he light, lit up the playoffs the past two games, but, you know, throughout the season, he put up really good numbers. And maybe sometimes it's just a system where you have to succeed and on some teams versus others. And who knows? I guess it remains to be seen. But on a talent point, I think, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be good regardless of who he plays for. I mean, he's very accurate. He gives you that second threat of running where, I mean, I don't know if you saw one play, he, uh, he outran the Clemson uh, linebacker when he blitzed him. Or he was trying yeah, to run down. I, that. I mean, he's got it all. Uh, I, that, I agree. Simmons, that's it. Simmons, yeah. And he's supposed to be a top 10 pick, too. So you have Burrow who adds that running threat. You know, so I think he's going to be good regardless. I don't think he's there's going to be much of a – I mean, sure, there's going to be a learning curve, but I think he'll do just fine in Cincinnati. Yeah, and uh, I, I know you mentioned Tannehill, which – you know, we we can go ahead and use that uh, as a as a shift to the games that happened last weekend, um, and might as well kick it off with um, which I want to say is like everyone's surprise of the weekend. And dude, I don't know what it is. Like for some oh, reason, I think this season, like I just cannot get a beat on. I mean, I beat a, a pulse on Baltimore. You know, I pretty much wrote them off in the preseason. 
They absolutely dominated the season. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm all in on Lamar Jackson. Like, sign me up for the Super Bowl. And then it was just a sloppy game, man. Like, I mean, I was out there with uh, one of my buds watching watching the game at a bar. He actually has his own podcast, uh, but specifically on, like, Maryland sports. So uh, I, I can't wait to hear what him and his friends says about that performance. But, dude, man, Derrick Henry of – a man playing with boys, dude. That, yeah. that guy is the truth. He's like, just, he is, he's has a good offensive line too. I know they invested in that, so that kind of helps too. But yeah, I mean, figuring out Baltimore, you just need to stop. You know, if big if if you can stop um, him from him, um, Lamar Jackson from running and scrambling, force him to throw. That's how you beat Baltimore. Now again, that's a big if, and Tennessee was able to do that very well. Um, but it's a huge surprise. I mean, they're the heavy favorites going into that game. I think they're the favorite, if not the favorite, to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and they just got manhandled. They couldn't do anything. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you say that. Like, I think all those investments on the O-line, like, definitely showed. Like, they were just – like, th- that's where Tennessee was just winning the ball every time. Like, Baltimore's front seven just could not do anything against that O-line. And – I mean, Derrick Henry, for as big as he is, like, I mean, he was having some, like, ridiculous size holes for him just yeah, run down. Like, like, it almost seemed he wasn't getting touched at the, at right. the, at the I scrimmage. I noticed that, too. It seems like every time he ran the ball, he would not be touched until, like, three, four yards later. And, yeah. And it just then, you know, he proceeds to run over people and get yards after, you know, tackle. And, you know, it seems like every rush was, like, a six-yard chunk, then an eight-yard chunk, and then – you know, nothing smaller than three or four four yards. Yeah, like I, I think there's like very few backs out there, right? Like you take maybe throwing like the Zeeks of the world, um, even like Leonard for like Fournette, um, even what's his guy? Who was who was the big Jags running back before Fournette? Um, uh, well, yeah, Maurice Jones Drew, but he was yeah, kind of like small and like those kind of yeah, like those kind of backs. Like you give them a little bit of steam, like just from simple physics, like they're gonna run over one person and they'll get an extra three four yards after contact. So yeah, you know, you take Derrick Henry, you give him like an untouched four yards, like that's a guaranteed seven. I mean, throwing even Marshawn Lynch when they were making that run at the Super Bowl, like. I mean, if you're not getting touched three, four yards past the line of scrimmage, you're already guaranteeing a couple yards after contact. Like, you know, but that's a recipe for success. And obviously that O-line and um, and even that defense, I think that defense really stepped up. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson statistically had a hell of a game. Uh, but I think those three turnovers that he threw and then obviously the two the two stopped fourth down conversions, which one of them, I, it was very suspect. I was like, why did he run back inside? Like he had the linebacker beat on the outside. He had Mark Ingram that he probably could have pitched it out to and gotten the easy two yards. I, I don't understand why he like decided to come back inside when like the hole had collapsed. And I either way for us to see that on TV. I mean, who knows? Yeah, true. Uh, agreed. <laughs> like everything hindsight 2020, like, uh, you know, Put me watching a game on like high definition TV, couple beers in. I, I'm I'm touting myself as like the best offensive coordinator right. out there. But couch, um, couch coaches, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, dude, imagine if that was like a job, right? Like, what are you, sir? Uh, you know, I'm just a couch coach, <laughs> just, <laughs> just couch coaching couch. teams. <laughs> um, but moving on to let's the other games, right? Um, a lot of like 
why hey, you know what i'm not you know i was gonna initially say there weren't that many wild games but then i remembered i think all the games were pretty ridiculous if i remember like outside of the san francisco game uh i think everything else was pretty chalk right um green bay and seahawks was great game um green bay did kind of pull it out uh you know for, for lack of better words uh seahawks were still in it at the end uh, but uh, again, dude, uh, I guess it really comes down to, I think for a lot of these teams, like a trend I'm seeing, dude, is, is the pass rush. I mean, you look at San Francisco and Green Bay as two great examples. You got Bosa and then you guys, Darius Smith on Green Bay. Um, for a lot of these quarterbacks, like as long as you choke the time that they're sitting in the pocket, like that's the key to success. And I think even more so for the upcoming matches, like we'll transition into the AFC and NFC uh division games like championships but you know if you can limit the time that Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes have to sit in the pocket I mean that's going to be your key to success right uh now obviously on the other side like Tannehill and Jimmy G or something a little different but at least for what people are saying will probably be a matchup of Kansas City and Green Bay in the Super Bowl I mean with those two guys if you let them sit in the pocket like they're going to torch you like it's plain and simple yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all chalk for, for three or four games. And the only upset, of course, like we mentioned, was Tennessee beating uh, Baltimore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to have good defense. You know, it's it's not always defense wins championships like people like saying. But you definitely have, have to good pass rushers, as you mentioned, because that just makes everyone else's job so much easier. You know, if you get – you know, uh, that pass rush, you know, to get the quarterback scrambling or uncomfortable in the pocket, um, you know, that's going to, you know, of course help. And then, of course, you know, the faster you can get to the quarterback, the less the quarterbacks have to cover, you know, these scrambling receivers and running backs uh, down the field. You know, if you can't get to the quarterback, you know, it's inevitable someone's going to get open and, you know, or big player score, whatever it might be. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, as you mentioned, that it is Green Bay and Kansas City. I think that'd be the best kind of like, you know, back and forth. I'm a big points guy. I don't like defensive games. I, I want to see you know these twenty to thirty point games. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and then, I mean, we can just kind of use that, right? Let's maybe just kick off with the Packers. Packers are. Um... We'll be visiting Levi Stadium, taking on the 49ers. Uh, I'm looking at the line right now. Oddly enough, seven and a half. Packers are getting seven and a half points. That's a lot. Um, it, it is a lot. Now, I don't know. Now, I'm just looking at like the injury report. Um, Packers are looking very thin on the outside. Uh, I mean, both Lazard and Geronimo are questionable. I, I'm sure they'll probably be upgraded to like full health, like, at game time decision, but just assuming that holds true, uh, I mean, you really only have Devontae Adams and um, uh, MVC, right? Or MVS. So, uh, well, what, what's your, what are you thinking for this game? I mean, again, when we, going back to that whole pass rush thing, I mean, you both, you, it's going to be a matchup between, you know, who can get to the ball first, right? Zadarius Smith or Nick Bosa? Yeah, I mean, I betting wise, I'd probably take the points, but I think San Francisco's going to win. Unfortunately, I, they're boring to watch, but I think they're going to. I think they're the better team. You know, playing at home, they'll have the crowd behind them. Um, you know, their defense is lights out. You know, you shut down. 
in, you know, pretty much kind of you mentioned MVS, but really uh, Devonte Adams is his only true good receiver. Everyone else is just kind of get open and Rogers will place, put it right on their numbers with a perfect. Yeah. Pack. And you know, Sherman's going to be hawking Devonte Adams like the entire yeah. game. And then, so I hope green Bay wins. I think they're going to be the more fun team to watch, but betting wise, I take green Bay in the points. Uh, but, you know, straight up, uh, I, I'd probably say San Francisco to win it. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, we got, um, you know, Tennessee and Kansas City. Not sure what the points look like for that. I'm not sure if you're looking at that. It's a uh, it's a seven-point spread. Uh, Tennessee's getting seven, actually. See, so. I think I would take the seven points with that as well. I mean, that's going to be, I think, Tennessee, you know, assuming they don't get down uh, early and if they do then the seven point you know you know probably be a bigger than a seven point margin victory for Kansas City because Tennessee's game is get up and then run the hell out of the ball keep the other team's offense on the sidelines you know just yeah. run Derrick Henry down your throat um, and then hope you know be very efficient in the red zone um, they do what they do best just keep running the ball pounding the ball I mean we saw like the past two games Tannehill is thrown for a total of 162 yards. I mean, that's unheard of. Uh, total for two games, not just last game. Yeah. Um, so, so if they get down early, then I think they'll probably, you know, Kansas City probably can cover. Uh, but if, you know, if Tennessee can get the ball and uh, score a couple times, or at least just keep it close, like, you know, something, you know, keep it where it's close enough where you can maintain your game plan. You're not having Tannehill dropping back, you know, every, every possession, trying to chuck the ball down the field. If they abandon the running game, it's, it's nice out for Tennessee. Um, now, having said that, I'm assuming that, that they're not going to go down early. And so I would actually take the seven points again on a betting, uh, betting side of things. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, as most people probably think that Kansas city is going to uh, pull away and win. Yeah, I, I think, you kind of summarized it just perfectly, right? Uh, if there's if there's any kind of recipe to beat Tennessee right now, it's make Tannehill beat you, not Derrick Henry beat you. Because if you let Tennessee kind of run their game plan, I think uh, like Vrabel, uh, he's he's kind of proven himself as like a top tier coach. Uh, I mean, even the way that. Even the way that he wasted a minute forty seconds against Belichick, I mean, I mean, that was just absolute genius. Like I had no idea about those rules, but I mean, him being a, uh, a Belichick disciple, um, I mean, he's going to have everything schemed up, and they're going to continue doing what's been working for him, which is just yeah, like you said, run it down your throat if need be, maybe like you know throw it for a couple yards if you're on like a third and long, but it, it's going to be the Derrick Henry show. And then again, on the opposite side, right? If there's any team that can like wither away instantaneously a like a gap in score it's going to be Kansas City right like I have zero doubt in my mind that if Tennessee goes up you know let's just say 14-0 Kansas City will probably bring that to like a 10-14 score in like a matter of minutes I mean yeah. I, I think they have all the talent on the outside and the inside and then I mean, we know what Patrick Mahomes can do, just slinging the ball 70 yards. So, yeah, if there's any team that can chunk you over the air and get those quick points, it's Kansas City. And, yeah, I mean, if Tennessee is going to have to, I think it really is going to come down to time of possession. I I think that's going to be 
probably the biggest deciding factor in this game. And I would be, wouldn't be surprised at how many times they show it during the game, because if Tennessee can kind of keep that very heavily favored on their end, I think they should um, be able to keep it close, if not win. Thus, yeah, those seven points uh, from a betting perspective, I'd take that. Um, But if you let this get into like an even possession matchup, I I think Kansas City is one of those teams that very, very rarely um, are going to settle for field goals. And that thing too, I mean, I I don't know, man. Andy Reid's been talked up as this like, god of a coach and you know he's proven it and you know they call him the quarterback whisper and you know all these accolades and the one thing that's just eluded him is the super bowl so as an ex-eagles coach you know i i want him to win but as as maybe just like you know a football enthusiast and fan i kind of actually want tennessee to win i i would love to see like a tennessee green bay or like a tennessee Packers, you know, or sorry, a Tennessee 49ers matchup, just because like, like, this is probably one of the very few episodes, if any, that we've talked about Tennessee. I mean, in the preseason, everyone sort of just chalked them up as, yeah, they're not making the playoffs and whatever. And I mean, the same way that LSU kind of knocked out top opponents, I mean, they're, if they beat the Chiefs, they've knocked out the top three AFC teams. Right, I'll tell you like what you're going to be in the minority in consecutive weeks. Uh, if if it was Tennessee versus whoever on the other side, the the, the ratings would tank. Uh, just Tennessee not being a big market, you know, Nashville. Um, it's just not sexy. It's not. I don't want to say ratings will drop because everyone's still going to watch the Super Bowl regardless. Yeah, uh, okay, agree that like yes, the matchup is not favorable. But like last year, we got a boring ass matchup too. And yet, like, and sure, it was like a shitty Super Bowl. So I agree. From a, uh, let's just say this, from a watching the Super Bowl perspective, yes, give me Kansas City and Packers any day of the week. But from a, like, just something that would be, you know, that I think I'd enjoy, like, just seeing, it it would be Tennessee versus whoever else on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I think you're in in the minority of that. Oh, 100%. I kind of want Andy Reid to win it too. It seems like he's done everything he can to gotten to like, you know, what when he was at the Eagles, he got to like four or three straight, you know, Super Bowls or, you know, got to one, got to four, like, uh, NFC, uh, NFC championship games, uh, or uh, yeah. NFC. Yeah. NFC championship. Yeah. NFC. Yep. Got to the Super Bowl, lost to the Patriots. This seems like the only thing left he has to do is win a Super Bowl and, um, seems like you know he's a he just he's a good coach, puts up points anywhere he goes, um, and I think everyone's just kind of rooting for him. And if not, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Rodgers winning another one. Seems like you know he's way too good of a quarterback just to have one, uh, one uh, Super Bowl. You know, just do like you think Peyton this is going to be? Uh, yeah, do you think this is going to be Rodgers' last hurrah if he wins? Uh, wins the Super Bowl? No way! No way! He's he's got years to play. I know he's like thirty three or thirty four or thirty five, something like that. But I think he's going to play near forty. Like you know, you see the breeze and the Brady. Brady, yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, dude. That, that kind of wraps it up for football. Uh, thought we'd kind of end on a on a little interesting segment that I actually heard on one of the podcasts that I listen to. Um, just kind of wrapping up you know, the, the 2010s, right. You know, we, we've, we've entered a new decade. 
Um, I think a lot has happened when like I was listening to the podcast and they are going through some things um, in 2010, like in the 2010s and like what happened in the decade. A lot of lot of insane shit. Um, So maybe just to kick it off and maybe I can kind of kick it off as to if you had to give like. uh, I don't know, like a player. If yeah, if you had to name one player that you're gonna remember the 2010s by, like who would it be? Um, for me, I think it's gonna be LeBron. Uh, going from Miami, uh, the three peat down there, and then going to Cleveland and winning. Well, yeah, I, and I think that his deci- like the decision that was aired on TV so stupidly that was uh, I think that was in 2010. I want to say yeah, that was yep. Um, so I think like as a player that would sum up, uh, would be, would be LeBron. Uh, I can maybe think of a second player, but only just for like one, like just one historic thing happen. And that would probably be for Tiger Woods finally winning the masters again. Um, I know there was like this like super long drought for him. Uh, and I remember how like big it was and I, I still remember what like the betting odds were for uh for him to win the masters but i i would say you know maybe a close second to to lebron i'd, I'd kind of give it to tiger yeah i mean you know those are probably two good ones i mean if you look at it in two different angles like for a, a consistent long period of like how you just great and you know always the best and finally got over the hump won three championships so far um you know two with miami and then one with cleveland um, as of what one in Cleveland, 2016, I believe. And then it was like 2013 and 12 for, with Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I could be off by a year, but, um, so he has three of those and just been consistently always known as if not the best and like, you know, top three player, he's going to go down like him or not, you know, he's going to go down as a top five player. Um, you know, he's, he's passing people like an assist, uh, that of six eight, six nine, two hundred sixty pound guys should not be doing that. I mean, he plays power forward. He's a power forward, but he's passing these historic and Hall of Fame point guards and assists, and he, he does everything. He's just the greatest. And, yeah. But then you look at Tiger Woods in this standpoint, where it's like you know he 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 rose to greatness and he had this huge fall. You know, both you know physically, um, you know his you know, his DUI and breakup and scandal, you know, cheating on his wife with you know, all the, the Hooters playgirl models or who, whatever, you know, and try to come back and couldn't had to have more back surgery and knee knee joint or knee surgery as well. And then, you know, through all that scrutiny he got from like, you know, off the golf course with the, the cheating scandal. And then, you know, just seeing him just wince in pain on the golf course when he, you know, tried to come back too early and then, you know, just as of last year, finally comes back and, you know, wins the greatest, you know, people see the Masters as the greatest uh, uh, PG or greatest championship uh, title uh, within golf. Um, so just kind of his where he was in 2010 to where he was or where he is now, back to what we know as like, you know, the greatest player probably to go down. Yeah. And, golf history so yeah i mean like for the longest time like tiger woods legitimately was the only golfer that i knew like when you asked me like oh name a golfer i'd be like all right tiger woods name someone else i'd be like yeah i have no fucking idea um so i mean he really did like like i mean he was i mean since we're comparing him uh with some of you brought him up like he was the lebron of basketball for two that like for quite some time or you know prior to that the michael jordan of, of of golf sorry not basketball 
Um, but maybe, maybe kind of just a second question, kind of keeping with the theme. So in the last decade, what would you say was like favorite sports moment? Like across, let's just say the power, like five, right? You got my favorite. Yeah. Like, or I guess your favorite, most memorable, whatever you want to call it. Um, out of what basketball, football, soccer, hockey, baseball. Well, I mean, for me, it's hands down. I can only speak for myself. I don't know. I mean, asking just yeah, for, no, general, no, for, no, for, for you. Yeah, for you. Yeah. No, just just for right, you. For me, it'd be easy. Hands down when the Capitals won the cha- uh, NHL um, Stanley Cup. Um, by far. I mean, yes, I'm not a Nationals fan. It was a good story with the Nationals winning this past year, too. But uh, D.C. has always been kind of like hindered with a so-called curse of can't win anything, can't do this, can't do that. Redskins, no Super Bowl since 91. Wizards, no championships since 78. Uh, Capitals, no no Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of the Nationals, too. Uh, you know, no World Series title up until then, too, in their franchise history. And then Caps finally broke through. You know, they kind of exercised the demons by finally getting by Pittsburgh. You know, they're reigning back-to-back champs. You know, that's always been like kind of a thorn that's always kind of you know, stuck at them every year and getting past them and then just finalize or completing their journey and winning the first cup ever uh, in franchise history. And that just kind of like one, it was awesome for me just being a huge fan and finally seeing actually, you know, witnessing um, uh, a championship, you know, for my team. Yeah. Never has that ever happened. I'm not going to count the Redskins 91 because I was still shitting in diapers then. Um <laughs> And so, but no no one else of all my other teams. And so finally, you know, I was able to experience that, but also as like a whole DC, there was finally, it was like a weight off their shoulders where, you know, they didn't think that, you know, the, the so-called curse, people don't believe in that anymore ever since they've won. Yeah. You have all these other teams that believe that they can win. You know, it's not just a DC curse or, you know, it's just a DC thing. You know, it got people believing whether it be on the team or you're a fan of the team. Um, not to say it has a direct correlation with the Mystics who won later on with the, the Washington Valor arena football team that won later on. Then you had the Nationals just this past year. Um, so D.C., again, you know, now seems like, you know, instead of District of Columbia, now it's almost a District of Champions. Um, and I, I just, again, for a personal personal gain or of how I saw the Capitals Stanley Cup, for me personally, it was awesome. Uh, but I think it has just as much of a um, influence on the city too, where you know got people believing. So I think by far, in my opinion, that's the greatest moment uh, yeah. for me. No, I agree. I mean, I, I've it's it's going to go without any surprise, even on my end. I think probably one of the greatest moments was seeing Philadelphia finally winning the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think to be quite honest, I think twenty ten was. Probably maybe a little bit before that, like 2010 is probably when I could like confidently say that I was a like football fan. Um, I mean, before that, like I was following the Eagles, obviously I was watching the Super Bowls and, uh, you know, I was keeping up with it, but it really wasn't until I think the start of last decade that I was really like, you know, like, all right, you know, this is my team. Like, I'm going to actually, like, make time to watch, you know, the games and things like that. And then, you know, through the ups and downs, through uh, Andy Reid leaving, then the Chip Kelly era, 
Um, and, and then all, all the shit that we, you know, that, that we've gone through, obviously, you know, Redskins have been through worse, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just like finally like winning and then I, it's kind of funny, right? Cause I think we won Eagles won it in like February and then like right then and there, uh, I think right after that, uh, the caps won it as well. How did you um, become an Eagles fan again? You tell me, you told me this. Before. So yeah. So Eagles fan actually was, so the first football game that I actually ever watched was an Eagles game. Like I just turned it on and I forgot who I was watching with, but it was like an Eagles game. And, uh, this was like maybe the humble beginnings of like the McNabb era. Uh, and I just like, all right, you know what? Maybe I like, I like this team. Like I'll, I'll just like, and they won. I didn't know anything about the Eagles. And I was like, all right, yeah. Like, let me just follow them. And then like, I just, just stuck with them. Like I didn't, I didn't ever change. Um, gotcha. it, 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 yeah, it's kind of odd too. Cause like, you know, obviously coming from DC, like everyone just assumes that I'm a Redskins fan, but, um, and I don't really follow like baseball or, uh, I mean, basketball. Sure. Like I, I follow OKC, but, um, like for the other sports, I kind of just stick to DC just because you know I, I feel like I I just owe that allegiance. Um, but yeah, for football, that I kind of started with the Eagles and and decided to decided to kind of stick with them. But maybe if, like a close second, I'll just kind of throw it out there because I did I had to Google this again just to make sure when this happened. Um, but back in 2012, U.S. beating Bra- the U.S. women's soccer team beating Brazil in the World Cup was probably one of the most like insane games I've ever seen. Um, like us was down and they came back and like they went to overtime, they went down in overtime. And then it was like legitimately the last like 10 seconds of overtime that they score this like miraculous goal. And they like end up tying it, going to shootouts and uh, winning it there. But that, that was another, you know, just a little sidebar moment. But yeah, I think hands down the best moment, at least I'll remember 2010s by, is um is definitely going to be the uh, Eagles winning the championship game, but yeah, dude, I, I I think that's that's pretty much about it. Um, don't really think there's much to talk about. Now I know we're coming to an end with football season, and you know we really only have this coming weekend and then Super Bowl weekend. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a um like just a specific Super Bowl episode. Uh, probably going to try to get some of the other guys on here as well and maybe just really just break down Super Bowl and maybe, maybe just have a little fun with it, uh, talk some Super Bowl props and shit like that, which I'm sure you know this, but you know Super Bowl is the most bet on sport, like be- single day yeah. of sporting. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's insane at what the market is that like people like put money down on this. But Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the most, most bet on, the most chicken wings are eat that day. Um, <laughs> okay, <you> know, <laughs> it's like it's like the most like called out sick for the you know next day afterwards or stuff like that or um, yeah. there's just so many weird records that happen just because it just just because of the Super Bowl yeah it's just because of a stu- stupid little one hour game yeah <laughs> um and then maybe like as the year ends um or sorry football season ends not year. Uh, we could maybe even look into, I know we keep on saying it, but, uh, I think hockey season has kind of reached its midpoint, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, they're, they're coming up to their all-star games. So they're, if not, if they haven't, there's what, 82 games of so some, some teams might've already played 41. It's not always perfect. Some, some might become coming up to it and some may have passed it, but yeah, we're, we're pretty much at the midway point for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'd be kind of cool, uh, 
to kind of cover hockey and then like just in you know it, it's or hockey basketball just like the rest of the sports in the off season uh who knows maybe just have like a separate segment um i know in like my the, the way that my recorded like where i post these episodes and stuff like that it asks for like seasons <laughs> um but we could probably just have like a separate segment just called you know like you know off the field or, or, or some bullshit or like off season and um cover like just other sports shit that's going on. And there's like, there's way too many games to be doing like, you know, daily episodes or like every other day episodes. Um, so maybe just kind of highlight matchups and stuff. And for that, I'm probably, we'll definitely have to like bring in some other people or like just have you run the show. Cause uh, I mean, my, my knowledge of hockey is minimum at, at best. Um, that works for me. But all right, dude, always a pleasure. Uh, not drinking today, actually. Absolutely not. Um, been, been been trying to actually do a a bit of a dry January. You know, at least start Why off the year. Why is everyone doing that? I've heard so many of that. It seems like just same people it's say I'm going to go to the gym and then they stop after a month. It's just a popular thing, I think, just because like every, you're coming off of like the weekend, like the holiday weekends, and just like drinking a lot. Um, which I mean, I will say, like over the holidays, I I drank a lot. Um, so like, I know people say that now, like, uh, again, let, let me paraphrase this. I said, trying to do a dry January, Colleen and I said that we were going to do dry January, like Jan 2nd, like six days later, I had like a beer. Cause I was like, I right, fuck this, but I'm like trying to like not drink as much during the week. If on the weekends, I'm going to have a beer during the football games. Like, you know, fuck it. Like I, I drank last weekend. So, um, but yeah, like today, no, no beer. I, I know we haven't stayed true to back to the field, but I think once, um, uh, once, once football ends, past past two days at this company conference, I've definitely drank my fill for the next probably. <laughs> I, I'm months. assuming it was open bar. No, it was for the dinners, but like we go out at night and go to these, you know, went to Bobby McKee's both nights. Yeah. And they had this like little club at the very top of the Gaylord that you may know of. Um, yep. So we went there and, you know, tr- just drank like an ass face. I feel awful right now. <laughs> um, well, all right, dude. Uh, I think we can go ahead and end it there. As always, Eric, it's, it's a pleasure. See ya. Peace.